All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow trash talkers. Whatever time you're tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board. It is Wednesday, October 25, and this is Trash Talk with D-Bork, NFL episode number two. And uh, we're going to be recapping week seven of the NFL. What a crazy week that was. That was... (laughs) My goodness, there were some, some upsets last week that I think no one saw coming, but we'll be talking all that and a whole lot more, the best of the best for the week, and our favorite segment, Time to Take Out the Trash, and there's plenty of that this week. Uh, we also got plenty of questions that came through from socials this week, which is awesome, and I'm very thankful for that. Keep those coming through, because there's always plenty of talking points when it comes to some NFL football. And finally, we're going to hit on our best bets for week eight. Uh, a very rough week seven, I must say. We're pretty unlucky with a, with a couple, but it's the way things go. And the only way is up, let's be honest. So let's start. Let's start with the best of the best. Uh, we'll head out to Baltimore. This was meant to be the game of the week, and Baltimore put this thing away early. 357 yards and three touchdowns to Lamar Jackson. He also rushed one in to start the game. 38-6 to six route of the high-flying Lions. Uh, the Ravens now move to 5-2, and two, popping the Lions to 5-2 and two as well, and they were on fire in this one. They really were. They put all kinds of pressure on, on Jared Goff. That pass rush is so, so good. Um, and, you know, Lamar just continues to give them problems. I don't know what it is. It's just mobile quarterbacks that Detroit can't seem to handle for the time being. Uh, but they don't have to face Lamar until they play in the Super Bowl anyway, so I think they'll be open that he doesn't get there, to be honest with you. He's got to go through a gauntlet in the uh, in the AFC, but he was he was insane. He really was. That, that first one that he rushed in really kind of set the tone for them because Detroit had the opportunity to stop him. They also had a big opportunity to stop him on that second touchdown that he threw, and he just kept on moving around in that pocket, and, yeah, he gave him hell. He really did, but... This is still a very good Detroit Lions football team. I wouldn't be too worried if you're a fan of the Lions or you're on the Lions. They needed to have that kind of loss. They did. Uh, and I think Baltimore really needed a performance like that because they've been they've been poor in the red zone. They really have. Uh, but they were extremely efficient in Baltimore. Gave them a lot of problems and all power to them. They played, they played some great footy. Uh, let's go to Chicago. <laughs> I didn't think we'd be, ever be mentioning Chicago in the best of the best the way they've played this season. But Tyson Bajan, a rookie. Mr. Div 2 or Div 3, wherever he's come from, it didn't matter. <laughs> well played. Well played, kid. His first NFL start, he threw for 162 yards on 21 for 29, one touchdown uh, in a 30-12 drubbing of the Las Vegas Raiders. And boy, boy, did they look bad. Um, but, you know, Chicago really got around this kid. They did. They played super hard for him. Uh, we don't know when Justin Fields is going to be back. There's every chance that he could be back this week or we could be getting another round of Bajant. But if it's Tyson again this week at the Chargers... The way the Chargers are playing, this, I wouldn't be against saying that the Bears could potentially get an upset in LA. They'll play for this kid. They play hard. And there's not much film on him apart from, you know, now one game worth of film that you can really look back on. So they could pull out all kinds of gadgets and potentially get a win in LA. So uh, well played. Tyson Bajan getting in the best of the best for the week. See if he's back next week. Uh, let's go to the defensive side of the ball, 
Uh, someone who we mentioned last week, Miles Garrett. Whew. Dog Pound just continues to buck. <laughs> he shows us why he's an um, equal favorite to win the Defensive Player of the Year with Michael Parsons. He had two forced fumbles along with two sacks. Um, their defense did concede a lot last week to Indy, which was rare for them. They still managed to win the game, 39-38. to 38. You know, Gardner Minshew can always you know, play those one-in-a-million kind of games, and he, and he gave them one again. But it really was Miles Garrett who, I guess, got him this win with, with his stellar defensive play, and he's just looking like an absolute animal this year. He really is. Uh, that defensive player of the year, I think he should be, he should be shorter. He's plus two fifteen or three dollars fifteen at the moment to win the award. I think he should be outright favourite. He he's a dog. He really is, and he's a big reason why these Browns are winning some ball games. Let's go to someone that was in the trash last week, so we had to pick it out of the trash, which wasn't all that nice. But garbage man was nice enough to deliver it back to us, Mister Mac Jones. Foxborough stand up. What a win! What a win! <laughs> 25 for 30 for two touchdowns in a shock late 29 to 25 win over the Buffalo Bills. He threw that late touchdown to Mr. Gritty himself, Mike Isecki, and my man makes me look good on the dance floor. <laughs> if you can't laugh when, when he's doing the Gritty or you've never seen him do it, do yourself a favor. <laughs> it's awesome. What a win. What a win for the Pats. It's hard to say, like, are Pats fans happy with winning that game? They're 1-5 going in. They're almost in that Caleb Williams bowl. And now Mac Jones may have found something. He may get them into that mediocrity 6-7 to seven win. They ain't going to be in a, a good enough position to draft a quarterback, but maybe they might have something with Mac after all. He's got to be able to back it up this week. They do play another division rivalry game against Miami, a team coming off a, you know, a, a tough primetime loss, and then they've also got to go to Germany the following week as well, Miami. So they could they, they could be caught looking. The Pats are in a good spot, I think, this week. So they'll, they'll be one to watch for sure. And finally, let's go to Kansas City. Mr. Travis Swift. Oh, sorry, um, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> he just dominates every week, doesn't he? Especially when she's in attendance anyway. He dominated again for 179 yards, one touchdown, and as Jamar Chase would say, I'm always open. Travis Kelsey is always open, and it's always over the middle. Whenever Mahomes needs you know, 10 to 15 yards, bang, Kelsey. If he needs a big play on third down, it's Kelsey. Make someone else beat you. <laughs> Make someone else beat you. It, I mean, it does show the greatness of Kelsey, though. It really does. I think we talked about it for so long with, oh, we're never going to see another Gronk. And Gronk was so good back in the day. He really was at that generational tight end. He was incredible. But Kelsey is that of this generation. And I think you've got to appreciate greatness when you see it. Patrick Mahomes is obviously getting to, you know, that Tom level where Tom obviously won a stupid amount of rings. I think Mahomes has the ability to do that uh, with this team. I think Kelsey's going to be around for a few more years before he goes on Taylor's era tour uh, to travel around with her. So, yeah, they'll be eyeing off at least one or two more rings together, I think, before this is all said and done, and he'll be a big reason for that. Um, yeah, so that was the best of the best for the week. Another big week of, uh, of NFL football, so congrats to everyone that featured there. But I think it's time to see if we can give the garbage... People, of course, it's time to take out the trash.
Yep. Yep. We won't get Mac out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we won't do that again next week. Sorry. You're not too happy with that. <laughs> Let's start with something that is very close to my heart. The Tennessee Titans organization. It's time to take you out to the trash. I think a lot of people, if you don't know, I'm a huge Titans fan. Yes, I wake up at absurd hours to watch this team. I've been over to the States enough to watch this team. And they are killing our fan base right now. Now, we already gave away AJ Brown for a packet of chips. And he's turned into, I dare say, a top three wide receiver in the league playing for Philly outside of, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. He's, he's in that tier. And now you're just going to hand him KB for a couple of late draft picks and Terrell Edmonds. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> he took a pay cut to stay in Nashville at the start of this season. He is Tennessee through and through, and this is how you're going to repay him and repay the fans with a new stadium coming in. How do you expect fans to show up when you're not showing up for us? It's super disappointing. I wish KB nothing but the best in Philly. I really do hope they, uh, if they don't win a Super Bowl this year, I'd love them to win one next year because he's a guy that you just need to be happy for. I'm glad now that he's going to be playing for a team that could contend for one anyway, but yeah, I'm filthy at the fact that we just let him let him go for, for nothing. It's AJ Brown all over again. So yeah, disappointing. Let's move on. Let's go to the Buffalo Bills. Ugh. Yikes. They've lost two out of their last three games, and they realistically should have lost three out of their last three. They held on to beat the Giants late. Uh, and we talked about how bad the Giants' play calling was, and that was the reason for their loss. Um, Buffalo got out of jail there. But they didn't get out of jail against the Pats. Nope. That's a bad, bad loss. And this team continues to do it. They continue to play to the level of their opponents. And they're not not—they're honestly not good enough to be doing this. They're not. They're a good team, but you don't see the likes of, I don't know, Kansas City show up against Chicago and lay an egg there. No, they beat them by 40. Go out and beat bad teams so you can rest Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs late in games. What are you doing competing against these bad teams? I understand it can happen every now and then, but it happens every single time they play a bad team. It really does, and it's got to irritate some Bills fans because it's been a long time between success for them. They've obviously been very good the last few years, but you know haven't made a Super Bowl. So, and you ain't going to make Super Bowls by playing the way that you're playing against bad teams. You know, you lose enough games, you're not going to make the playoffs, even if you do manage to beat I don't know Kansas City or Cincinnati because you can on the odd occasion. But yeah, they got to they got to they got to pick their act up because there's a lot. There's seemingly a lot wrong with Buffalo right now, and you you know you see it on the sidelines with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. So something's not right. Something's not right there. Speaking of not right, Artie Smith in Atlanta. Plenty of Bijan Robinson fantasy owners that want some questions answered. Honestly, he had a headache. If he had a headache, make him inactive. Why are we lining him up pretty much as a decoy or a fake blocker really because like he wasn't really doing much of that out there on the field in the first half and then all of a sudden you're just going to run him once just to end the game and get you know in position to kick a game-winning field goal and Mr. Coup that's ridiculous that's actually ridiculous so you know when Tyler Algie who had a you had a good game and Cordero Patterson are coming in stealing snaps 
and you had nothing to say until half time then saying, oh, Bijan's got a little bit of a headache. Give it a spell. Come on. They're lucky they're playing Tennessee this week. <laughs> they really are. You can rest Bijan this week if you want, if he really has an ongoing headache, if that's the case, Artie. Try and beat us with Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. You probably will, but give us a chance. Yeah, that's not on. If if you're going to purposely bench someone, make it known. Make it known. Finally, speaking of money involved and fantasy football and whatnot, the NFL officiating is an absolute debacle, and it has been for years. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The NFL is the worst officiated sport in the world, and it's not even close. Not even close. There is so much money involved in this sport to continually get calls wrong. And I'm going to circle back to the Kenny Pickett call at the end of the game against the Rams. He was clearly short. Clearly, clearly short. But they couldn't review it because it's a referee's spot. And the Rams had no timeouts left. So they're just like, all right, we'll move the ball here. Ah, first down. Done. Game over. You can't review it. Not underneath two minutes. Come on. Do we want to get calls right? Or are we just happy just, you know, accepting mediocrity or worse? It's trash. It's honestly trash. Give these guys a full-time job instead of, you know, continually being pretty much volunteers of the sport. It's just not good enough. It really isn't. And it needs to change. I don't know when it's going to change, but Roger Goodell, step your game up and do something about it. Anyway, that's our trash for this week. A lot to unpack, obviously. Uh, so why don't we go around the grounds? We'll go to we'll our socials and check out what we've got out there. Let's start with at DJ Lobina. DJ. Now, let's get a question about something that went down in Kansas City. We saw Travis Kelsey flip the ball back to Mahomes once he was past the ball against Denver. Do you see it becoming more common? as in a lateral or a flick back? And does this open opportunities for rugby players and co- or coaches to secure jobs over there? That's a good question because I think you see it a lot in the NFL when teams need to lateral or whatnot to keep games alive. They have no idea what they're doing. They don't. They don't know how to you know flick it backwards or you know spiral it backwards as in like a rugby league pass or something. And I think what Kelsey did against Denver to Mahomes, I think a lot of people are like, whoa, what the hell? I've never seen that before in the NFL. Well, it happens very rare. You'd never... Uh, <laughs> when was it? I think it was Miami. Miami played... Miami were playing New England, and they managed to beat New England years back now on a on a late lateral, like plenty of laterals to, to win the game. And you just don't see it all that often because you know, they just look lost. They don't, know how to, they don't know how to do it. I think it opens up a huge opportunity for rugby players or coaches to go over there and secure a job to teach these guys how to actually win games like that in late situations or have a trick play like you know, Kelsey and Mahomes did uh, to pull that off. So, yeah, I, th- I think there's definitely an opportunity outside of that, even on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the first instinct for an NFL player, more often than not, is to hit or bump rather than tackle. Their ability to, I don't know, not know how to properly wrap someone up is concerning, and I'd say there's definitely an opportunity on that side of the ball to have rugby players or coaches actually help them how to tackle too. That being said, I wouldn't want one of those guys running at me because they'd 
Ask me enough. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this and not playing footy. Uh, let's go to at Jimmy Moore 5, Jimmy Boy. Why do the Bills suck against bad teams? <laughs> Pretty much mentioned before with their mentality. They think they're better than they are, but they're not. And they need to get that out of their system ASAP. Otherwise, they are not winning a Super Bowl anytime soon. They're really not. And they're going to have that kind of diva moment with Stefan Diggs because, you know, there's a there's a bit of in-house fighting. So someone needs to right that ship. Someone needs to get them together, a Von Miller or a Jordan Poyer, um, to get this team going again because they're actually in danger of, of not winning the AFC East. And if you lose enough games, I get it. There's an extra, you know, wildcard spot now. But at the same time, they might lose too many and, and fall completely out of the playoffs. And that would be a disaster for this team. It really would. Kind of Josh Allen missing the playoffs with their home field advantage that they have, but they need to wake up. They had a huge game against Tampa Bay this week, and the way they've played against bad teams, you wouldn't write off Tampa Bay as winning that game, to be honest. So it's going to be interesting to watch. All right, next, let's go to at Jettisalapi. Who else gets moved at the trade deadline? Well, talking about trades the last week, or this week, I should say, with KB going to Philly, I would not be surprised if Derek Henry is the next to move, and I'm sure that would break myself and plenty of Titans fans' hearts. If that was to happen, I wouldn't be surprised by it. You know, Derek is 30, and he deserves to win a Super Bowl. He's been the best running back for years in the NFL. And I think if you if you if you were to look to trade him to a team like Baltimore, you know, obviously Dobbins is out for, for the rest of the year. If you replace Derrick Henry in place of you know Gus the Bus or Justice Hill, please, they immediately go up to Super Bowl contention. You know, they're already in contention this year. Imagine if you had Derrick Henry to that backfield with him and Lamar, oh my goodness. Yeah, I think Baltimore's a, Baltimore's one to look out for there for sure. Uh, Jerry Judy's obviously been highly talked about. It's been a pretty funny conversation with Steve Smith whenever he mentions him. Uh, but yeah, I think I think he'll be on the move. That Denver offense is just a mess, and yeah, I think they need to get something out of him now before his trade value just completely declines. Playing alongside, let's ride Russell Wilson. <laughs> Thanks for your question. There, let's go to James Holden. Speaking of quarterbacks. Could Kirk Cousins carry any team to a Super Bowl if he was to be traded? Mr. Primetime finally got a win on Primetime. <laughs> Beating the Niners. I mean, what a win. What a win for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins is just an all-around great guy, isn't he? For, for anyone who didn't watch um, the quarterback on Netflix, if you can't get around Kirk Cousins after that, I don't know if you ever will. Just an all-around family guy and, and a guy that you just love to cheer for. Uh, I think he deserves better um, with Justin Jefferson going down this season I think the Vikings chances are extremely minimal especially the way that the Lions are playing this season they have that division wrapped up so the Vikings are going to need to go on a run to finish the season um, but if you look at next year I think the Vikings are almost done with Kirk so you know if you look within the NFC and I don't know you look at a team like Dallas if you replace Kirk Cousins for Dak that immediately rockets that up they rocket them up to Super Bowl contention, and Dallas are dying for a Super Bowl. They really are. They really are, and I don't know if Dak is that answer. You put Kirk Cousins in there, him and C.D. Lamb would just give you that Cousins and Justin Jefferson vibe. And yeah, I think they would go a long way to winning a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm going to go deep here and go the NFC South because the NFC South is horrible. I'm not saying they'd win a Super Bowl, but the Atlanta Falcons with Kirk Cousins... 
Whew. All they're really missing is a competent quarterback. They really are, and they have they have weapons there. Obviously, with Bijan in the backfield, Kirk would finally make Cole Pitts look good. <laughs> well, not good. He'd make him look great. He's already doing that with TJ Hawkinson. He'd make Kyle Pitts look like one of the top three tight ends in the league outside of Kelsey and probably Kittle. Um, and Drake London, obviously, as well. And, you know, they'd win the NFC South, and then all of a sudden you win the NFC South, you're, you know, a top two or three seed. You're every chance of winning the Super Bowl from there. So, yeah, those are those are probably the two teams in the NFC. And then if you're looking in the AFC, you know, if you could if you put him into Cleveland, I think they they immediately go up into Super Bowl contention because their defense is elite, obviously, with Miles Garrett. There's, they're also missing a competent quarterback, but they're paying a quarterback $250 million, which is probably one of the worst contracts ever. So, yeah, I hope that answers your questions. As always, keep them coming through for next week. There'll be plenty more to talk about. So uh, why don't we go to the best bets for week eight and see if we can find some winners. Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it, Jerry? It would be nice. Uh, last week was terrible. Uh, we went 0-3 in our best bets segment. In fairness, probably a bit stiff. We lost one by half a point with Justin Tucker kicking a late field goal in that one to win 38-6. to uh, And the other one, I will say, was a huge chance until Tua threw that pick with about 8 minutes or 10 minutes left in the match. Uh, and then... <laughs> Someone who definitely would have ran that in late because he's just sick of being taken out in the 10 by Nick Sirianni would have been DeAndre Swift. He would have 100% went through that goal. He got tackled short inside the five uh, to go under by three in that match. We are on the over 51 and a half and they nailed the game out after that. So tough way to tough way to lose. But as is always the case, we'll try to find something for week eight. Let's go back to Detroit. They have a Monday night football game against Las Vegas. Don't know who was doing this schedule, but uh, I think we knew Detroit was going to be good, but Vegas shouldn't be on prime time. And I think Detroit will show them why. I'm taking a minus eight. Uh, I, I think this is a huge bounce back spot for this Detroit team. They they are so much better, and with you know quarterback questions around this Las Vegas lineup, I think Detroit just need to pound it to them this week. They really do. Bounce back in a strong way. I think their defense creates some turnovers this weekend. They get a big, big win on Monday Night Football in Detroit. That crowd's going to be buzzing. They're excited for the first time in a very long time. And speaking of a match, that I think that one team's going to be a little bit distracted and one team's riding high after a big win. We're going to go to Miami and we're going to take the over 47 points in Miami, New England. I think the Miami defense hasn't been good. Their secondary hasn't been great at all. Mac may have found something. He may have found something, finally. And I think, obviously, two has got enough in him to, to create some points. They score a lot of points at home, so I think this one's got the over 47 written all over that. Um, and that's it for this week. There's uh, another fun-filled episode. As, as is always the case, keep the questions coming. Keep the feedback coming. I'm all for bringing you guys and girls some great content. Uh, this has been Trash Talk with D Bork. I am out. Have a good week. <laughs>